Welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ. Know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon. Give God praise for our worship team this morning. Absolutely. We're good. Hey, it is so good to be with you this morning. Anybody got a story here this morning? Anybody got a song? Uh, absolutely. Every single one of us has a story. And maybe this morning your story is that you didn't want to come to church today. Because it's two degrees outside and it's January and it's in Iowa. But God got you up. He put breath in your lungs this morning and your story is you showed up. So praise God that you are here today. We are so glad that you are here. Also want to welcome our online family, wherever you're worshiping from. Welcome to the Hope Elam Living Room. You are family. You are a part of this just as much as anybody in the room today. We are so glad that you are here. We have a story to tell, not just our story, but God's story that we are a part of. We're traveling through this year of the Bible together uh, as a church. How's everybody doing with your readings? Have you not missed a meeting yet or a reading? You've been going through your Bible readings, got every single one? Awesome. Don't lie in church uh, if you're raising your hand. I mean, don't lie anywhere, but especially here. It's okay. And if, if, you, if you have, uh, if you're just getting on board today, if you're new, we're so glad you're here. There's plenty of ways to jump in and get on board. But this year, we're doing the whole Holy Bible in a year. We're preaching, we're teaching, we're reading through the whole Bible as a church. It's like the best kind of positive peer pressure. Everybody's doing it. Like, literally, everybody's doing it. Wednesday nights, we're doing a deeper dive Bible class. Great turnout last week. We would encourage you to join us for that. There's information in the lobby. There's information online. I know you got your phone on you. So just pull it out and scan that QR code right now, and it's a one-stop shop for everything that you need to know. There's great things going on. Our students are doing it. Our children are doing it. You want to know, I, just, just for free, you want to know the most on-fire Bible study that is happening in this church right now, it is going on right now, and you probably didn't realize it. It is our third and fourth grade Bible study. Uh, third and fourth graders upstairs, I tell you what, you're going to need to clap bigger than that because they got their new Bibles. They are literally sitting in a circle, looking up verses, diving into God's Word. They are hungry for the Word of God. Praise God for that. Praise God for the way that our kids are leading this church and setting example. It's just, it's amazing to be a part of. And if you're new, again, jump in. We'd love to have you be a part of that. During the month of January, we've been in a series called Matthew Connects the Dots. And we've been traveling through uh, Matthew. Next week, we'll start the Gospel of Mark. There's so much, but hopefully we're connecting some of the dots for you. And this week, we're diving into Matthew chapter 22 and the parable of the great banquet, which is why there is a great banquet set up here today. Some of you are like, that doesn't look like the normal altar. Are we having a feast if you get hungry during the sermon? Or like, what are we doing, right? No, you are literally invited to the Jesus party today. You are invited to the great banquet that Jesus is talking about in Matthew chapter 22. And I was thinking about that this week and this parable, this story that Jesus is telling. And I just have a question for you. What is the best party that you've ever been to? 
I just want you to think about that for a second. What's the best party that you've ever been to? Some of you are like, I would tell you, but it's not appropriate for church, okay? <laughs> That's okay. We're all family here. I don't need the details. But what, what was it? What was the best party you've ever been to? Was it a birthday party? Was it an anniversary? Was it a, a wedding reception? Was it just a gathering with friends? What, what made that party so great? Well, I got really good news for you this morning. No matter what party you've ever been to, this is the greatest party you will ever be invited to. It is an invitation to the kingdom of God, to experience the life with Jesus now and for eternity. This is a party that you are not going to want to miss. One of the things we love to say around Hope Elam is there ain't no party like a Jesus party. So turn to your neighbor right now, just look at him really awkwardly, just smile at him right now, and just look at him and say, there ain't no party, tell him that. Oh, say it again. Say there ain't no party like a Jesus party. And if you're really, if you're really cool and hip, you can say because the Jesus party don't stop because it's forever. So, and today we are going to find out why there ain't no party like a Jesus party. If you have your Bibles, open up to Matthew chapter 22. Whether you got your Bibles or your Bible app on your phone, Matthew chapter 22. Jesus tells this story. He tells a parable. And if you're unfamiliar with the Gospels, when Jesus was on this earth, he taught these big kingdom truths, these theological concepts in stories using modern day examples that people could understand. They were called parables. Everybody say parable. Parable. And parable is a practical story that illustrates a kingdom truth. So when you hear these stories, was there actually a king and a great banquet? Well, maybe somewhere sometime, but Jesus is using this to point to a deeper truth. And so when we arrive on the scene in Matthew 22, this is the third of three parables that Jesus is telling. And they're all on the same theme as we're going to discover in a little bit. There's two at the end of Matthew chapter 21, and this is the continuation. This is like the third of the trilogy, okay? This is like the return of the Jedi of Jesus' parables, okay? This is, three of you got that, Star Wars fans, okay? This is the third of three, and whenever you see repetition in Scripture, it's for a reason. Jesus is trying to get our attention. The gospel writers are inspired by God to write in a literary style to get our attention. And so here is Jesus presenting this story of a great banquet. And we start off in verse 1. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. This is a royal wedding. Verse 3, so he sent his servants, those that had been invited to the banquet, to tell them to come, but they refused to come. So before we dive into this, just a couple things to help with context. Obviously, Jesus is pointing to this larger picture. Don't miss it. The king is our heavenly father. He's throwing a wedding banquet in honor of his son, who we know as Jesus, Right? And as we're going to discover, there's some other modern characters that are going to get inserted into the story as well. Another thing to notice, this parable, along with many other parables, are about the kingdom of God. Whenever Jesus talked about the kingdom of God, it was about now and later. Everybody say now. now. Everybody say later. later. Just like the candy. Now you got the kingdom of God. Okay? It is now and not yet. It is now and later. Okay? It is yes. It is someday. When Jesus returns and sits on his thrones and makes a new heaven and a new earth, this is about that. This story is about the end times. It's also about now. Let's try it. It's a reality. The kingdom of God is a reality that you can step into. Let's try it. Right here. Oh, you got it. You remember. They're really smart. They're really, you're really smart. Right here, right now. Okay? And so we step into this story and we discover that there's these characters in it and there is an urgency the first thing we discover, there is an urgency to this invitation. 
The king is not saying, eh, if you want to show up, that's fine. He said, I have done everything. I have created this beautiful spread. I've, I've, I've brought in oxen and cattle. Only In those days, only people that were extremely wealthy and rich, this was the party of all parties, would be able to furnish food and meat like that. This isn't the scraps from the table. This is, this is the very best, the best of everything. This is a royal wedding. If the king's son is getting married and you get an invitation, you wouldn't even think of not showing up. So what Jesus is doing, he's setting up all of these details in the story to communicate this truth. It would be asinine to not show up to the wedding banquet. It would be ridiculous not to show up. And now I know for some of you, if you're like me, you're like, I'm, I'm not this fancy. This isn't my thing. And I was trying to think, how, how do we look at this in a different way and the, the importance and the gravity of this invitation? And so as often where I get a lot of my sermon illustrations is watching football. So Caleb and I were watching football a few weeks ago. It was the last game of the season for the the Vikings, and they did this little um, insert into the game where they highlighted this young boy named Charlie Huizinga. And the reason it grabbed my attention is that he is the same age as my son, and so it really grabbed Caleb's attention too. Charlie is an amazing Vikings fan. My son is going to be a Vikings fan, and so we just got pulled into this story, the difference between these two boys is that Charlie has been battling leukemia for the last three to four years. And he didn't have that full head of curly, cute hair. He battled and he battled and he battled, and thank God, God is healing him from the inside out. And it's been, it's, it's, it's this incredible journey. Yeah, you can clap for that, absolutely. And so the Vikings caught wind of this, that he's an amazing Vikings fan, and they got him and his family to this Vikings game against the Bears, And you thought that was a cool invitation. Well, it just keeps getting better. So at halftime of the game, watch and see the invitation, the power of an invitation of a lifetime. Take a look. Cool is that? That's pretty amazing. That's that's pretty awesome. Now, that's an amazing story. That's an awesome invitation. My favorite part of that video is how excited the dad got. Like, like if. Just as a dad, it, uh, the nine-year-old would come out of me. is like, we're going to, you better invite me because there's only two tickets. Really excited about that. Here's my challenge to you this morning. Look, implant that image in your mind and in your heart. That's tickets to a football game that's going to be done and over with. This morning, you are being invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb, to the kingdom of God, and you are being given a free ticket. It's right here. This is for you. Take it and receive it this morning. What if we responded that way when we got invited to church? You'll never guess. I'm going to the 9 o'clock service at Hope Elam on Sunday. I'm showing up. I'm going to be there. Get Not only that, I get to serve. I get to be a greeter, and then I'm going to help serve breakfast, and then midweek I'm coming to community night, and I got a ticket. I'm not going to miss it. I'm rearranging my schedule because I get to sit, and I get to eat, and I get to get a picture and a glimpse of heaven, and I get to sit around with people I've never met before, and it's going to be incredible. I'm not going to miss it. This is what Jesus is setting up in this parable, and I just had to kind of bring it into modern day life for you a little bit. What if Charlie looked at Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, and Ziggy Wolf, the president and CEO of the Minnesota Vikings, that just gave him these tickets and went, I don't think it works with my schedule. I'm a little too busy. 
I, the Vikings aren't going to be in the Super Bowl, so I don't want to go. No. The ticket is in your hand. Take the ticket and go to the party. Or you're going to miss it. You're going to miss the joy that has been sent before. It would be crazy not to accept the invitation. And yet, that is the second thing we learn about the story. Go back to Matthew chapter 22. The next truth is this. Not everyone accepts the invitation. This is where the story takes a tragic turn in verse 5. But they, meaning those who were invited, the special guests, paid no attention. And they went off, one to his field, another to his business. This same story is told in, in uh, the Gospel of Luke. And one of the excuses, one of the guys says, I must go and look at my field. Is your field going to get up and walk away while you're at the party? I mean, another guy says, I got to go see about my oxen. Livestock or Jesus? You tell me which one's more. I mean, these excuses are just crazy. What are your excuses? What are your excuses? It goes on to say, verse 6, the rest, meaning those that were invited, not only said no, they seized the king's servants, those that were inviting, mistreated them and killed them. This is why context is so important. Jesus is not speaking these words into a vacuum. He is looking right at the religious leaders of his day. This is an indictment on the religious establishment of Jesus' day. Jesus is looking at the Pharisees who think, who think they're the ones that are at the party and they have been invited. But what they don't realize is that all these years they have been waiting for this wedding feast of the Lamb to celebrate Jesus and he's standing right in front of them and they have their hand on the ticket and they're saying, nah, because Jesus didn't come in the way that we expected. It doesn't fit in our box. We don't have time for that. Not everyone accepts the invitation. And we know that because it was Jesus' own people that not only denied him, but ended up crucifying him. This story is so right on point. Do you remember story when David commits adultery with Bathsheba and Nathan, one of his good friends, the prophet Nathan comes and confronts him and tells him a story. And David's like, oh man, it's so bad. I can't believe somebody would do that. And Nathan looks him in the eyes and says, you are that man. This is Jesus dismantling the religious establishment saying, you are those people. Jesus isn't pulling any punches. He's not beating around the bush. He's getting right to the point. This is why context is so important. Earlier in Matthew chapter 7, in this same gospel, Jesus even says this, not everyone who comes to me and cries, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. A.K.A. you can look the part and be so empty on the inside. You are not going to be with Jesus for eternity. You're going to miss the party. You're going to miss the great banquet. You're going to miss the greatest opportunity and invitation of your life. And it's not because you don't look the part. You do. But you are more worried about your image than your heart. Because they can look the part on the inside, but Jesus says, your heart is far from me. And if we're not careful, it would be very easy in stories like this to say, oh, those Pharisees. I'm not going to be like, what if we are those people? What if we are those people that reject the invitation? And, and Jesus is pretty clear about this. You can look good on the outside, but your heart is going to be far from me. The truth is when we reject God, we reject everything that's good. 
You may say, wow, God seems so harsh in this story. And I just want to communicate with you that this parable is not about an angry God. It is about a God that is full of mercy and full of grace and full of compassion that wants everybody to be at the party. That's why he said, I've prepared everything. It's all ready. This is not a story of an angry God. This is a story about a God that's calling everybody into his grace. There was a Gallup poll that was done several years ago, and they interviewed thousands of people around the nation, church people, Christians, and non-Christians, people of faith, people that do not profess any kind of faith. And then one of the questions that they asked them was, what are you most anxious about after you die? What are you most anxious about after you die? 43% of people said, I'm nervous that God won't forgive me. The question is, what kind of a God do we have? And I've got really, really good news for you this morning. For those who repent and turn around and turn from their sins and put their faith in Jesus Christ by grace through faith, you can know that you know that you know that nothing will ever separate you from the love of God. Amen? You don't have to wonder. You don't have to wait and say, well, I hope I'm good enough. You don't have to wonder. Why else would we have sang a song that's called Blessed Assurance? The hymn hasn't stood the test of time because the title is Blessed Maybe. Blessed, oh, I don't know. Blessed, I hope I'm, I'm good enough. It's Blessed Assurance. You can know heaven is not full of people who were good enough. Heaven is full of people that trusted G that Jesus is enough. Heaven is full of people that accepted and received the free gift of God's grace and his invitation. Don't miss it today. Don't miss it today. <laughs> Don't forget, some of the people at the party weren't necessarily antagonistic. Some were. Some killed those servants and those that were inviting. Others were simply indifferent. For some reason, this quote's always stuck out to me, but author Anne Lamott says this, if the devil can't make you bad... He'll just make you busy. And some of you are like, well, my life is full of a bunch of good things. I've got a busy, full life. What's wrong with that? The problem with being busy is that often we get busy with all the wrong things and we miss the one thing that can satisfy our souls, the one thing that Jesus is after, and that is an invitation to be with him. If we are not careful, we will receive this invitation to the great banquet this morning and we will literally spend most of our adult Christian lives going, Oh, that's cute. I got other things I need to do. It didn't work this weekend. Jesus, I don't have time for you. It's not the right season. I'm not going to take it that seriously. There's other things that are more important. The Bible calls that idolatry. And it's not like, ooh, bummer. It's like, that's the sin that separates us from God forever. It's not just about being uh, against it or antagonistic. It's about indifference. Jesus is calling us out. Don't miss what matters most. Jesus' harshest words in this story are not for the sinners, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the outcasts, the poor, the crippled, the lame. Jesus' harshest words are for religious people that have got a little bit too comfortable in their own goodness. Woe to you, teachers of the law, that think you deserve to be at the party. Nobody deserves to be at the party, and that's why it's called grace.
Not, not one of us deserves to be here. If you walked in here and said, well, I've had a pretty good week. I, I got all my Bible readings done. I prayed every single day. And God says, awesome, I loved hanging out with you. But you don't deserve to be here any more than the next person. Because the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Amen? Everybody's invited, but not everybody accepts the invitation. This invitation is too good to miss. So watch what the king does next. Back to the story, verse 8. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, and those that I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite the bank to the banquet, anyone that you find. Verse 10. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good. Uh-oh. Jesus is inviting everybody. That means that you're going to get to the wedding feast of the Lamb, and there's going to be that person that voted opposite you sitting next to you at the table. Uh-oh. It means you're going to get into the kingdom of God, and then the person sitting next to you at church is somebody that you just ripped a new one on Facebook. Uh-oh. Everybody's invited, not just the people that fit in your box. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. The truth about Jesus' party is that the invite is for everybody. Say everybody. Say everybody. Everybody. Now turn to your neighbor and say, and that includes you. And that includes you. Because some of us think, yeah, it's for everybody else. And here's the good news about this part of the story, is that there's different translations of how they uh, say go out into the streets and everything like that. Some translations say the highways and the byways or the crossroads. In other words, go outside of the city to where all the outcasts are. Those that beg for a living. The poor, the crippled, the lame, the lepers, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, the people that have to kind of live on the outskirts of society. This verse is really good news, and you want to know why? Because there's some of you here this morning that think you're on the outside looking in of Christianity. And I'll never really be an insider. Newsflash. In the kingdom of God, the outsiders are the insiders, and insiders better beware. Don't be a part of a holy huddle. Be a part of a church that's linked arms that's facing outward. Because those are all the people coming in that Jesus has invited to the party. Even if they don't fit your box or they don't look like church people, the outsiders are the insiders. Some of you are like, yeah, John, I feel like I'm on the outside looking in. I come and I participate, but I'm not, I, I don't raise my hands and worship and I, I, I don't get into it like everybody else. I'm just kind of a normal Christian. First of all, there are no normal Christians. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in you. There's nothing normal about that this morning. You're not a normal Christian. And yet some of you are like, no, I'm not one of those. I don't want to be some kind of churchy person, some stuffy religious person. Good news. Neither was Jesus. So you're in really, really good company. Everybody's invited to the party. Who have you invited recently? Not like hypothetically. I'm like serious. Who have you invited to the party? That's the next truth. We are called to invite. We are the people that have been invited in this parable. We are also the ones that are, we are the servants that the king is sending out saying, come to the party. Everything's ready. Don't be so comfortable in your seat to think that I've arrived and so my job is done. When you have been overwhelmed with the love and grace of Jesus Christ, you cannot help but keep it to yourself. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that kind of church. Amen? That's the kind of church that God's called us to be. Everybody gets invited. And I, I get it. Some people say, John, I, yes, preach it. 
I'm just not going to do that because it's awkward. I'm going to have this weird relationship with my coworker now. And my neighbor, we just kind of talk about sports and weather. So I don't really want to go there and make it awkward. And maybe somebody else will, will invite. And I, I, I'm good. I'm just going to come and have my coffee and breakfast. And I'm, I'm good. I don't need to invite. Here's my question to you. Who invited you? You are sitting here today a part of a loving, growing, thriving, dynamic church family because at some point in your life, somebody planted a seed of faith in your life. Whether it was 50 years ago or a week ago, and somebody said, hey, come check out this broken, imperfect, slightly weird church called Hope Elam, but I think that you should come because it's not about the church, it's about the Jesus that changes our lives, and I want you to meet him. So what if it's awkward? This is an invitation to eternity. Yes, it's now, but don't forget, it's also later. And I don't exactly know what heaven's going to be like. That Culture, media, movies have done a really poor job of portraying heaven. I don't know if there's actual pearly gates. I don't think it's an eternal church service on the clouds. I don't think we're chubby cabbage patch dolls floating around. I, I don't think that's it. And sometimes I just wonder what it'll be like. And maybe someday I'll, I'll get there and there'll be this like, long line of people. I would imagine heaven would have a pretty good hospitality department. Um, all these greeters, and everybody that's there, and maybe they're in this long line, and you walk up, and people kind of one by one you know, pop out from this single file line. They're like, hey, and somebody pops out, and you're like, whoa, you made it? Wow. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you never know. It's not our job. It's God's job to judge. It's our job to love and you're walking and some people start popping out and people with tears in their eyes, tears of joy, say, welcome home, good and faithful servant. And I want you to know a big part of the reason that I'm here today and that I get to enjoy eternity with Jesus is because you decided it was more important for somebody to be with me forever than it was to be awkward in your workplace. Because you took the time to invest in your neighbor, to pray for that person you know that's going through a difficult divorce. Because you planted those seeds and you wouldn't give up on me. Now I get to be with Jesus forever. I get to be at the party forever. Because you got over yourself and you made the invitation. That's what I want to hear. Nothing else matters at that point. That's what I want. That's what we're talking about. And that can start now. You can invite people in that. The king says, invite everybody. And that's what this church has been up to. We're, we're a two-year-old church. And I remember when we first merged together, people would say, so, you guys, are we going to, are we like a white church? Are we a black church? Are we a brown church? And I said, I think all of those, I think we're a Jesus church. And because of that, we're just going to invite everybody. And everybody is welcome. And we're not going to fall into the same categories that the world and culture draws up. And we're not going to fit into those, drop the same lines that the world does. And so we just started inviting everybody. And you look around and you say, well, everybody's welcome to this church. And the banquet grows. Well, we're right across the street from Drake University. So we start Kairos, the college ministry. And the banquet grows. And what about those that are in temporary housing and can't make it to worship? And so we start picking up at shelters and recovering houses. And the banquet grows. And we realize there's kids that are coming to Des Moines from families from across the world that need a leg up, that need an equal playing field, that need to succeed in school. And so we partner with Genesis Youth Foundation. They're here in our building. And the banquet grows. And we realize there are athletes and coaches that need the hope and the 
love of Jesus Christ and we partner with FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and the banquet grows and we realize there's hundreds and thousands of single parents that are in our neighborhoods and our community and we partner with single parent provision on Wednesday nights and we love them and we bless them and we serve them and the banquet grows and those that are trying to get out of jail and incarceration are coming out and they can't get a job because they have this track record and they're wondering if God is a God of second chances for them. And so we partner with Change Cores that's literally changing lives every day in our building and the banquet grows. And those that want to be... <laughs> Those that want to be free from addiction. And so we start support groups right here in our building where people are getting help. And then we wonder, here's our most radical idea yet. What if we did a community night where no matter who you were, you could come and we're going to move from rows to circles. And we're going to kind of do what Jesus did and have a lot of dinner parties. And we're going to sit next to each other and we're actually going to slow down whether you need the meal or not. It's not about the food. It's about what's happening in those relationships in the room. And we're going to come and we're going to be together. And it's called community night. And it's a beautiful thing. And it's a glimpse of the kingdom. And the banquet grows. I walked in there on last Wednesday night and I walked in and that... We need a bigger commons. We got to knock down a wall or something. And I walked in and I said, God, you've made us into a great banquet kind of church. You name the demographics and everybody was represented there and nobody batted an eye as if this is maybe just a small glimpse of heaven. Maybe this is what it's going to look like. And so we can start getting used to it now. You want to know one of the most radical things that you could do to serve to be a part of the mission of this church. Next Sunday or Wednesday or whenever you have breakfast or come on Wednesday night for the meal, specifically find somebody that's totally different than you that you don't know and sit down and genuinely get to know them. Why is it radical? Unfortunately, because nobody does that anymore. And even in the church, if we stay in our holy huddles, we're going to miss the great banquet. That, that is radical. That is what the king calls us to do, that it is for everybody. Here's the truth. The great banquet called Hope Elam, this little sliver of the kingdom of God, is filling up. That table's filling up. And this is the last truth about the great party that Jesus is throwing. When the great banquet fills up, you're going to need a lot more servers. You're going to need people that come to the party and go, i got to grab an apron and I'm going to throw it on. Because I'm here to serve. Because it looks like they need more help. There's a lot of people to love. There's a lot of people to serve. And so that's why I'm here. I'm not here because I deserve to be here. I'm here by the sheer grace of God. And so here I am to serve. I'm here to do whatever it takes. And that's the challenge today. And so there's a few ministries that are just growing immensely in this church. And so the, the, the challenge today isn't fill a hole as a volunteer. The challenge today is be who you are. We follow a Savior that, as Bonnie talked about last week, got down on his hands and knees and wrapped a towel around his waist in a basin of water and washed feet. If serving is somehow below you, then leadership is beyond you. This is the example that Jesus sets. Grab an apron and start to serve. It's hospitality. I'm talking about ushers and greeters and parking lot attendants. And I get it. Some of you are like, John, really? A greeter? Isn't there something more substantial I can do for the kingdom of God? This isn't an event once a week. It's not a holy huddle. It's not, 
It's not just going through the motions. If we are literally welcoming people into the kingdom of God, into the wedding feast of the Lamb, into the great banquet every single week, then you're not just a greeter or just an usher. You are on the front porch of God's house saying, welcome home. We're so glad that you're here. Welcome home. Nothing could be more important. I'm so glad you made it. I've got my apron on and I'm here to serve. Not because somehow I've arrived (laughs) But because this is what mature followers of Jesus do, we serve. We serve. You want to learn more about hospitality? There is a big old, old old-fashioned popcorn maker in the lobby, so you can't miss it. That's how you know where to go and learn more about that. You want to know something? There's a ministry in this church that in the last nine months has literally tripled in size. And you may not know about it. You may never see it, and it's because it's happening upstairs right now, and it's our Hope Elam kids. It's our children's ministry. It has literally tripled in size. Give God praise for that. The volunteer base has not tripled in size, and so that's why I'm challenging you with this today. And I know some of you might say, oh, I get it, Pastor John. I can help out once in a while. I'll do the church a favor. I'll do God a favor. God doesn't need a favor from you. He wants your heart. And when he gets your heart, he'll get your service. It'll just be a natural over, of course I will. I don't even need to think about it. You're not doing the church a favor. Can I challenge you this morning? Those kids are doing us a favor by allowing us the invitation to hang out with those that God says are the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Children. This isn't real church and that's little church. That's big church. That's big time church. And the Holy Spirit is moving up there. And there are some faithful volunteers and leaders that serve and love your kids every Sunday. And they just need some help. They love your kids so much. And they're inviting you to be a part of that. Hospitality, children's, and what would any great banquet be without food? And man, if we do anything here, we love, try to love people the best we can like Jesus, and we do food. Can we give God some praise for Chef Miles and that team? I tell you what. Walked in there last Wednesday, and I went up to Miles, and I said, Miles, seems a little extra full in here tonight. He goes, yeah, we've served 700 people in this building tonight. Another 300 people on Sunday morning. There's over 1,100 meals going out of this building on a regular basis. <laughs> And here's the amazing thing, is that when you get invited to a party, I, I always try to think about being one of the guests that was out on the street corner, wondering if there's anything ever substantial that's going to happen in my life. And all of a sudden, a servant from the castle, from the king, comes up and says, you're going to the royal wedding tonight. And, and I get that invitation, and I like course I'm going to go and get there and later you read in the story not only do I get the the invitation for the 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 ticket but the king outfits everybody in wedding garments just to prove to you one more time it is so not about you like not only do you not deserve to be here what you're wearing makes you suitable to be at the wedding party how gracious is this king and you get there and there's so many people at the banquet and there's so many people eating and all these tables and 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 they realize oh uh, actually could some of you help just kind of bust some dishes and clean up the floor a little bit and scrape some gum off the floor and set up tables? No, I'm just here to eat. I'm just here to consume. There is no 
part of me in that scenario that would say that. Every ounce of me would say, you know what? Of course I will. Show me where to serve because I don't even deserve to be here to begin with. Because radical grace leads to radical service. When your heart has been captured by the grace of God, you don't have to think about it. It's just who you are. Service isn't something that we do as Christians. It's who we are because it's who Jesus is, because we're the body of Christ. Maybe it's time to put on your apron and experience the great banquet. When the banquet grows, more servers, more waiters and waitresses are needed. Maybe it's time to grab the apron. God has made us a great banquet church. Got a glimpse of this a few months ago in November, late football season, with literally three hours to go. My son Caleb and I score two free tickets to the Iowa-Nebraska football game. Don't clap for that because you remember the outcome. We're not, nope. If you're a Nebraska fan, I'll see you in the lobby afterwards. I don't want to talk about it. I'm still a little bitter about it. But this story has nothing to do with the football game. We got there, and you know, like mid-third quarter, it was not looking good. Hawks were down, and everybody started to leave the party, the game. Even people that had great tickets, ah, I'm out. It's the end of the season. We're not going to bowl game. You know, they're leaving. And Caleb looks at me and goes, Daddy, are we going to leave too? I'm like, no, we're Hawkeye fans. We're staying to the bitter end. We're staying. Everybody clears out. There's like five open rows. It looks like that on the right. That's us. And then that's what it looked like mid-third quarter. And I look down the row, and there's one guy that's hanging out down there. And I find out his name's Crawford. And I look down there and said, hey, you taking off too? And he goes, no, I got these tickets as a free gift. I'm staying to the end. Absolutely, I'm not leaving. I'm like, okay. And we stayed in. It was so close. Almost so close. And we get to the end of the game, and Caleb and I are getting ready to leave. And I look down, and Crawford, this guy, is on his hands and his knees, and he's cleaning up everybody else's mess. And so we helped a little bit, and we were walking out. I just thanked him for being who he is. I don't know what his story is. And as we were walking out, Caleb's just looking at me. I'm like, this is a moment. This is just for free, parents. The best moments of discipleship are probably not going to happen within the walls of a church. And I go, Caleb, today wasn't really about a football game, was it? And I said, as you grow up and as you watch daddy, let's be more like him, okay? Because nobody's ever going to see that and he's never going to get credit for it. There's two kinds of people in the world. People that get free tickets or free invitation to a party and they leave because they thought they deserved it, or people that stay and clean up because they know it's all about grace. Who are you going to be? What kind of a follower of Jesus? In my opinion, there's only one kind of follower of Jesus. Those that go to the banquet that get their seat and realize, I don't deserve to be here at all. So all I want to do is serve. Church, it's time to love it's time to serve. It's time to rise up. We have been shown great mercy. 
And those that have been loved, love much. Church, it's time to love, it's time to serve, it's time to invite. Our city is crying out. If you've been paying attention to the news at all, our students are crying out. Our youth are crying out to know that they are loved and they are valuable. Are we going to be a holy huddle? Are we going to go out and we going to invite people to the great banquet? It's time to wake up, church. It's time to rise up and be the church. Amen? Amen. Wherever you are, online or in the room, let's stand up, let's sing together, let's worship our King. Thanks so much for joining us. To find out more about Hope Elam, follow us on Instagram at hope.elam or visit our website at hope-elam.org.